Welcome to another in the Fleming Foundation's podcast series from Under the Rubble. Today we're going to discuss home rule, which is a phenomenon you get in progressive Midwestern states. And uh, we're here in Illinois, where yesterday in Rockford, uh, there was a referendum on home rule. But more important than anything going on, particularly in Rockford, are the issues that the question of home rule for municipalities raises. I'm Thomas Fleming, and joining me today, as on so many days, is Rex Scott. Welcome, Rex. Yes. Before we get into today's topic, though, on on home rule, I'd like you to explain a little bit about why we call these particular segments from under the rubble. What's that about? Well, as I've indicated briefly in the past, it's the title of a volume put out by Russian dissidents Hmm. back uh, basically in the uh, in the Brezhnev era in the Soviet Union. Mm-hmm. Uh, these included Alexander Solzhenitsyn, but also Igor Shafarevich and uh, a number of other leading Russian intellectuals. Yes. Um, they thought it wasn't enough to engage in you know, detailed criticism of what was going wrong in the Soviet economy Mm -hmm. or in this or that Soviet policy. They wanted to debunk the basic principles on which Soviet tyranny rested. And so they were true dissidents. They had to publish through Samizdat, that is through, uh, you know, mimeographed and typewritten manuscripts passed around Hmm. because uh, the official vehicles of communication were not open to them. And, you know, really, this is the position which people who don't think according to the regime today, mm-hmm. I mean, you're not, not going to go on Fox or CNN or ABC, you're not mm-hmm. going to be in the New York Times, you're not going to be in the Washington Post, although I, one, once upon a time I published in uh, most of the major newspapers sure. in the English language, but uh, those, those days are gone. Uh, yes. Uh, from under the rubble, though, what specifically? I mean, what does it mean from under the rubble? Well, the rubble is the ruins of the civilization. Not in a, the civilized world, but we're living in post civilization. So you weren't talking about being under Barney rubble from the Flintstones at all? That's No, not... I'm sorry, I misled you all this oh, time. Oh, okay. Uh, now, <laughs> when you talk about Russia and the United States, are you saying that the Soviet dictatorship is about the same thing as U.S. democracy? Well, they're not the same, okay. obviously. The two systems are based on somewhat differing principles and certainly on differing techniques. Mm. The United States, for at least 125 years, rather than impose its will on the citizenry by means of violence. We don't, hmm. we don't use jackboots in concentration camps, mostly. mostly. If, you were, if you were a follower of David Koresh, you might think a little differently about right. that one. That went but um, yeah. some people call this soft totalitarianism. Hmm. That is, we use various propaganda methods through television, radio, mm-hmm. the internet, uh, movies, everything basically is is constructed and aimed at forcing compliance or persuading compliance from the people. And so as long as you give, as I like to say, you give them enough pornography and prescription tranquilizers, everybody's pretty happy. Both systems were based on false 
principles, equally false principles. Mm -hmm. And in the long run, uh, the false principles of John Dewey and democratism are perhaps more dangerous to human freedom and dignity than the false principles of Karl Marx. Mm -hmm. Certainly Dewey has been much more successful. American liberal democracy has a hugely successful track record. The people who call themselves conservatives are just moderate critics. They, they basically sign on to the basic principles. Our government then is a government by the people, for the people. We have a voice. We can vote. We can say no to this and yes to this. We can now go on Facebook and create a total rant. We can Twitter 100,000 people. We have a voice that nobody seems to be able to crush. I mean, sometimes there's some censorship. The bottom line is, is that we are a people that are free. The Soviets said the same thing. Oh. You know, uh, they said that they were a people's democracy and that people were free to vote in elections. Of course, there was usually only one candidate. In our case, we have two candidates. Okay. Big deal. It's going to be Bruce Rauner versus uh, J.B. Pritzker. Right. Two super rich guys who have, have the slightest interest in what happens to the people of Illinois who basically believe the same principles, except Pritzker is more eager to spend our money, mm. perhaps, than Rauner, but really flip a coin. Uh, who could care? We live in the ruins, as I said earlier. Ruins, we live in okay. the rubble of a dying civilization. That's right. why we use images of the Roman Forum on our website. Because on the one hand, these ruins tell you that whatever we had that was Western civilization is basically mm. over. Right. But And yet these ruins are themselves beautiful. They're worth studying and preserving and learning from. The so-called Renaissance in art of the 15th, 16th century came about because uh, Florentine artists, artists from Tuscany, went down to Rome and they started at making detailed drawings mm. of the buildings they saw. And of course, those buildings were in much better shape 500 years ago than they are today. And so we can find beauty and dignity and mm -hmm. examples of how to live, uh, even though we are living in this post apocalyptic uh, world. Well, when you talk about that forum, wasn't that a place where men could come together and talk about the issues of the day and try to resolve issues and also uh, move whole societies forward? Yeah. Well, we, that's certainly something we do not have. We have, the, we have these illusions. Hmm. So, for example, there are certain things we have to believe in. Okay. And if you uh, step out of line for one minute and say something that 90% of humanity believed in 1950, if you repeat that truth known all throughout human history, people start throwing rocks at you. Uh, <laughs> yeah. For example, if you say that men and women are not basically the same, <gasps> as we know they are. I mean, the neurophysiology, the hormones, everything, that, with the, yeah. the, the structures, social structures and roles which men and women fulfill. All of this was understood throughout human history, whether you read the Old Testament or you read Greek mythology. Sure. Whatever culture you study, they're structured according to sex roles, which are determined by nature and by Ooh. God. Of course, if you say that, you get thrown out of school today. Right. If you're in high school, you cannot say that. If you're in college, you simply are not allowed to say it. We believe that we're a democracy, like somehow having uh, one out of... 200 million votes, you can actually accomplish something. We say that this is a peace-loving country that, that promotes peace around the world. I heard the other day somebody being interviewed about, well, the Russians are, are interfere in elections. Isn't that evil? Yes, it's evil. But then the, the, the BBC interviewer went on and said, doesn't the United States interfere in elections? 
Ah, yeah. here's the difference. That's a huge we, difference. We, when we interfere, it's to promote democracy That's and freedom. Right. But the Russians are bad. Mm. So, oh, you know, four legs bad, two legs good. Whatever, <laughs> whatever we do, whatever we do by definition is virtuous. So we interfered in Russian elections. We interfered massively in the Ukraine, which is what forced the Russians to oh. come in. Massively in Belarus, massively in all the elections of the Balkans. But does this get reported even on the left of the United States? No, of course not. Not really. Well, when we talk about the people having a voice and the local government versus the state government versus the national government, you get back to that question of home rule, which, from what I understand, the initial idea is good. Please explain the basics of home rule to me. Maybe I got it wrong. Okay, we're going to talk about three aspects of home rule. Okay. First, there is the fundamental principle of good governance. Good government begins with the administration of the home, mm -hmm. then the neighborhood, then the town, the yeah. county, the state, the government. This is what uh, Catholics called the principle of subsidiarity, hmm. but it is very close to the vision of people like John Adams and Thomas Jefferson in the uh, earliest days of the American Republic. Jefferson is quite eloquent on this about setting up everything on a decentralized basis. He called it ward republics. That is, a ward would be maybe a couple of thousand people, okay. either a neighborhood of a city or a rural section or a village and that you would have this pyramid of power and the, the greatest power would be found at the bottom. This is a very sound principle. So the bottom is the family? Is <clears throat> the I... bottom is the family, then upward. their kinship and neighborhood and, okay. and builds up. Basically we make our own decisions within right. our group uh, as right. long as it falls under the hierarchy, the yeah. next level of law. Yeah, we're living in something like the Roman Empire today. We have a bigger population than the Roman Empire here okay. in the United States. The Roman Empire was a confederation of city-states that were self-governing. Hmm. Now, uh, but none of those city-states thought that they could somehow tell Rome what its immigration policy was going to be. But here we have, in America, cities like Oakland and states like California think that they could decide international foreign policy. But meanwhile, they can't run their own cities because of interference from the federal government. Is that on the basis of some home rule idea that they have autonomy from the rest of the no. state? No, they, they, they just invented this. Something called the municipal foreign policy movement, uh -huh. whereby... For example, giving sanctuary to illegal aliens. These people have violated federal law. This mm. isn't local law. If California has its way on this, we're going to have to build a wall between California and Nevada. Hmm. because they can't unilaterally let in illegal aliens. This is just foolishness. But the problem with this situation in America is that after the revolution, people didn't know quite what to do. And they looked around and they said, well, Cities like Charleston, Philadelphia, Boston, and New York, they get their legitimacy from charters and laws and privileges granted to them from the King of England. Now what do we do? Because their freedoms and privileges antedate the creation of the United States. So they came up with a fiction. The states dissolved whatever laws and privileges, immunities, and charters the cities had and rechartered them as creatures of the states. 
And so this was well-intentioned, but it really amounted to a power grab. And during the 19th century and early 20th century, what happened was the state assumed more and more and more power. So once upon a time, for example, in yes. a town like Rockford, yeah. like in 1900, Rockford had, oh, I don't know, a dozen school districts, all independent, all self-management, nothing like the public schooling we have today. Okay. And two things happened. One... They gradually formed a consolidated District 205, okay. but also the state set up a board of education, which then can dictate policy to the local community, really undermining anything like the autonomy of local people in their neighborhoods to decide their future. So you have a revolutionary war, but prior to that, you have people living under the king, and were those people then dissolving what that king wanted them to do anyway? They just said, ah, forget it, we're not going to pay attention to him, we're going to start our own system, or was that after the Revolutionary War, they had to put it all together uh, yeah. beyond the king. The contention of the of the rebels of 1776 okay. was that they were maintained. Whether, I'm not saying that what they said is true. Mm -hmm. What they argued, yes. undermined by the king who was corrupting it by bribing the members of parliament, okay. that parliament and the king were violating the charters which had been given to the states and the cities. And they had a, s a series of specific complaints. For example, shutting down newspapers. Um, there was a belief that the they wanted to establish the uh, Church of England in right. the northern colonies, which were more Puritan and congregational. Okay. So, and, and of course, their objections to these things find their way first into the Declaration of Independence and more, more uh, effectively in the Bill of Rights, the first ten amendments to the Constitution. Most of the things they, they complained in there, the, the, for example, uh, due process, the sanctity of property, okay. uh, all of these things were complaints they were made. So their argument was, that the king and parliament were violating yes. these chartered liberties which had been given the colonists. So they fought a revolution. Okay, and they became states. Yeah, we're called the United States because it was like the United Nations. That is, 13 sovereign states banding together because one, they had all independently seceded. So they were like separate countries. They were 13 separate countries, oh. and they were banded together in a common effort. And afterwards, okay. the, the, the point was to try to find a system of government by which they could all get along and manage their affairs. You, couldn't, you needed to have some kind of common currency, a common defense, and all of these things eventually issued first in the, in the Articles of Confederation, which were drawn up during the Revolution. So they all agreed on the same kind of money, right, all agreed right, on the right. same basic principles, everything that was written out of yeah, that original yeah. document. But it was very, very limited. Even in the Constitution, very, very limited. And limited as it is, as the powers are, they still, uh, the first thing they did, the first day of the meeting of the Congress mm -hmm. under the Constitution, James Madison walked in and said, ladies and gentlemen, you know, this, this is not a very popular uh, system. We know it barely passed in a lot of the states. They want a Bill of Rights, and we're going to give it to them. Mm -hmm. And so the, those Bill of Rights were given to address fears that the federal government government of the United States could be could act oppressively and tyrannically like the government of George III. So they were afraid that the big dogs would come in and yeah. take over and that yeah. we wouldn't have any autonomy, yeah. we wouldn't be able to make our own rules. Now wait a minute. And this... that's exactly what happened, of course. Oh, it did. 
Yeah, and it, like, and the big and the big event was of course started at the end of 1860 when the national government decided to make war on the richest part of the country. Hmm. But that's another story. In the course of the 20th century, okay. there were a lot of uh, movements to try to reform city government, mm -hmm. and it, how you and one of the ways of reforming city government because it's very corrupt. You had these these ethnic ward healers. I'll give you the Italian vote. We'll get the uh, Irish vote. We'll get the Negro vote. We'll do all of this. I see. And it's all like Chicago. Chicago uh, has always yeah. been, been run like this. But the idea was if local cities could do more of their business without uh, appealing to the states, they could be more effective. And this is certainly yeah. true. Well, then it gets right back to the idea that uh, from the family to the, the larger portion, to the, uh, the local even neighborhood, yeah. to the local government. And that's a good way to do business because we get to decide what the situation is within the limitations of that statewide uh, law. Is that correct? Yeah. I, I, in principle, I'm unequivocally on the side of of home rule, yes. and certainly families yes. ought to have, have home rule and not have governments saying, oh, you've got to send your kid to a public school, we've got to, we've got to shape the, uh, the values of your children. Well, then you're <clears throat> pro-home rule. In principle. But see, one of the things about our series here is that we try to distinguish between the words that are used and the reality. Okay. The reality of home rule in the state of Illinois yes. is that the local crooks get the power to tax. They get increase their ability to gouge the hardworking citizens to take money, which they then spend on winning votes from people who don't pay taxes. So it is, or it is systematic corruption, and that is what we have here. So but, corruption is the root of why you wouldn't want home rule, but doesn't corruption extend statewide and nationwide? Oh, absolutely. Is it corruption the, the, the worst part of any type of rule? Well, our system certainly throughout the 20th century, certainly since uh, the New Deal, mm -hmm. our system is based on what Henry Sumner Maine called the new corruption. That mm -hmm. is, the people in government tax the prosperous, the hardworking, the you know everybody from the factory worker to the plutocrat. We're taxed and we pay money and then they take that money and use it to bribe to buy votes from okay. the from the unproductive, from the people who don't work. And you know Aristotle describes this in detail as do other ancient writers. It's that every tyrant, the first thing he does is to punish those who are successful or competent and reward the losers because the losers will support the tyrant. Mm. So in this society, we have the liberation of women. We have the liberation of children. We have vast numbers of people either working government jobs as they are in Rockford the biggest employer here is the school system. The next okay. biggest employer is the health system. I mean, everybody works either directly or indirectly for the government. And so leaving people like you who work in a private, for a private enterprise or me who used to work, we are the ones who pay the taxes. But wouldn't you prefer uh, local corruption to like statewide corruption? It seems like we could get our pitchforks out and start burning our torches and march down to the house and we want justice. 
I agree with that Democracy. again. In principle, I would say better citywide corruption than state corruption, okay. and better state corruption than national corruption. In fact, the whole political progressive reform movement in America in the 20th century was always they said we need to stop this politicking. We need to get together and band together yeah. to in order to clean up our cities and do yeah. what this always meant though was stomping on everybody you didn't agree with. And it's, in the old days, this meant stomping on immigrants and minority groups. Right. Today, it means stomping on uh, straight white males. Well, and, and it seems it, like there's no winning. There's only different levels of losing. How, uh, how, do, how should we then live? What do, we, well, what do we do here? If we don't have it locally, we're going to have statewide. It's not statewide. I, I didn't know you were a Francis Schaeffer uh, uh, disciple. <laughs> okay, look. There's the, one, of the, one of the problems here is yes. uh, the theory of democracy as opposed to the reality. In the theory, of course, we, all, we, we vote for, our, for the highest principles. The reality is local crooks, ward healers, political organizers, okay. raise our taxes and waste them, waste them on things that they have persuaded the non-taxpayers really need. Here, the, the Parks District owns a water park. Yeah. It's absurd. It was a commercial venture that failed, and now it's being uh, supported by by the taxpayer. Yeah. You got free internet in the library, and everything but everything but books. Well, the walkway is down the through yeah. the river by the river. They're very beautiful, and I'm, I'm not against beauty, but I just think that maybe we could be using the money for uh, a better situation. But one of the problems we have in Rockford is all these terrible houses are sitting there vacant and empty. They said in Home Rule that they would be able to more efficiently and rapidly get permission to tear them down and get rid of them because they're such eyesores and then they end up on fire and, you know, crack addicts are in there doing anything. So that seems like a good idea on the basis of Home Rule. Well, anything can be sold under any slogan. Since I have lived here okay. in Rockford, I know that some of the most handsome historic buildings in Rockford have been torn down in the name of progress, and what ends up being built in their place are parking lots for city employees. They have destroyed the west side of downtown. Yeah. They had, the, for example, the four limestone buildings. Now they're parking lots. That's the history of this town. Democrats and Republicans alike, although I have to say the Republicans were somewhat worse because they, they had this idea idea that whatever whatever helps business. And of course what's really going on is wealthy doctors and businessmen bought property going out the east side of Rockford and so they built streets, they put in sewer lines, uh -huh. electric lines. That sounds so, good. Well these doctors made hundreds of millions of dollars right. off the taxpayer because the city decided to abandon the core of the city. If you've ever been to a European city, you know, that's one of the things they don't do. That's why people go to Paris and Rome. That's why people go to Munich. That's why people go to it, spend, you know, trillions of dollars visiting beautiful old cities, which are wonderful to live in because the people aren't suicidal. <laughs> We've had a series of, of mayors. They're essentially thieves, not to put, uh, and now that we have the son of one of the worst mayors in Rockford history, John McNamara, wow. his son, I was here when McNamara was, I, I moved here when he was mayor, I got to know him a little bit, okay. very, amia very amiable man, right. but a disaster, he hated business, for example. And he drove, he did everything he could to drive business out of town by penalizing them and ridiculing them uh, in public speeches. Well, the new now, mayor said he would develop 
stop gaps, like we couldn't tax you more than X. And yeah, he, yeah. he used the idea that it's a vehicle. You could use that vehicle to take your mother to church, or you can use that vehicle to plow into a crowd. And if you believe be a, a mayor's promises, see, I want you to give me the power to tax you so that I can lower the tax payment. See, if he had said, look, Rockford, time to grow up we've been at we are wards of the state mm -hmm. we are we're children because we won't accept responsibility this has largely been a republican issue the republican party here has opposed uh, this and so time to grow up and yes it's going to cost us but at the end we'll have a better city no 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 instead he talked about how home rule is going to lower property taxes really show me some examples of that yeah. The 13 cities most recently who subscribed to Home Rule, I believe it's 13, in the, in the state, none of them lowered their property taxes. Here's what I hear you saying. The idea of Home Rule is sound, but the promoters of Home Rule are, in your eyes, and uh, evidently so, crooked in so much that they don't use this for the good of the people, they use this to line their pockets. Is that what you're telling me? Yes. Well, they line their pockets or, more importantly, to hold power. Look, the, the city is $10 million in debt. We have had city government in this city for 50 years yeah. where they can't balance a budget, where they spend money on foolishness, on things like, they spend, I don't know how many, how many hundreds of thousands of dollars putting up a stupid statue of Lincoln <laughs> that doesn't look like Lincoln. Or the the Rockford Monument, yeah, that yeah, big the, orange thing. The symbol. If you come the symbol. If the you come symbol. to Rockford, you got to see the symbol. That was a, an expenditure as well, and a host of other um, artistic All sorts sort of, of things. junk, which they pay yeah. money for, and they and they stick around downtown so tourists can come in and laugh at the boobs who run this city. <laughs> there was a guy on TV named Chuck Diamond. Oh yeah. And, uh, and uh, he did the weather, but he also had a, a talk show. I and I said, Chuck, once upon a time, people would come around selling lightning protectors in houses. Going, you know, it was one. It was a great scam of middle America. Now they go around selling public symbols. It's all, the symbols are all the same. You can go to Kansas City. You go all to, to all of these towns where the the wives who maybe took art history 01 in in community college, the wives of city councilmen say, dear, do something. Do something to beautify our town. <laughs> and so this is what you get. Meanwhile, there's no library system here virtually. The roads are terrible shape. You know, they even had to set up a fund to pay for people whose tires and wheels were broken. Yeah. But then they don't pay off. You know, they don't pay off. Well, you've got the the public employees at least will benefit from that. Won't oh, they, they definitely. They definitely. The they policeman's keep, union, the firemen's union. Well, it's a good um, idea to have five more policemen. They're talking about having, uh, I don't know how many millions they needed for that. but We have a fire department okay. where they carry one more man on every hook and ladder than yeah. they do in most cities. And they've tried to cut that back, and the answer is no. You've got, you've got fire vehicles that cruise around the streets on weekends picking up drunks. Each drunk they pick up ends up costing the city $10,000 for the cost of the hook and ladder and for taking them to the hospital, pumping out their stomach. You know, the drunk is perfectly happy lying in the gut. <laughs> well, the public welfare is always going to be a concern. And I understand they use the fear tactic yeah. on me for yeah. the, the firemen. Oh, we've yeah. got to have them. What if your, your we, child was in the, I get, why in the spending, burning building Why are we spending 25% more than cities that are much better governed. And the, the firemen's union will say, well, because we need it for safety. The railroads need a fireman on a diesel. Well, why? 
the diesel doesn't have a coal stoker. It doesn't. You don't have a fire. Well, what if the what if the train driver? What if the so-called engineer gets sick? Well, why is the rest of the world not act this way? Well, because the rest of the world doesn't have a union. Um, so, uh, no. so you are you voted against home rule in Rockford, which incidentally, folks, uh, it did not pass. You uh, voted against it as well. That's right. But it's not really, it's a sort of a trivial issue. It's not important how I voted. Even with all the negatives, I might have, if they had made some kind of reasonable argument, I might have thought maybe it's time for Rockfordians to grow up. And okay. this is what I was telling the Republicans when I first moved here. People should accept responsibility. The reality, though, is yeah. that the people promoting home rule want more power over the rest of us. Mm -hmm. Specifically, they want more power to rob me of my income to spend on projects to win votes to keep themselves in power. A vote for home rule is really a vote to increase the local corruption and tyranny. The idea of home rule, though, its principle, as we discussed earlier, is a good idea, but because of the great corruption and the use of it against the people by raising our taxes yeah, yeah. Or, or pet projects or yeah. projects to get yeah. them votes, the evil in men's hearts is what's tearing apart the idea of home rule that would be actually a good thing. Yeah. Rockford is not different from other cities in Illinois, mm -hmm. and Illinois is an average state mm -hmm. within the Union. The corruption of the political class here in Rockford and in Illinois is the corruption of the entire country. There's no place where it is even remotely exempted. Here we have an election yesterday, the primary mm -hmm. elections. Yeah. Bruce Rauner, yeah. who has done nothing yeah. in his first term as governor other than complain about yeah. the Democrats. He ran a totally dishonest campaign against a challenger, tried to paint her as a leftist, as a pawn of the Democratic right. Party. And meanwhile, he's the one who gave money to Planned Parenthood. He's the one yeah. who has been hand in glove with the mayor of Chicago. Yeah. We have a leftist Republican governor, and yet, and of course he won, because he had more money. Mm. Pritzker running against Kennedy. This Kennedy guy, he, he comes in... Like, there was a candidate, Kennedy yeah. against Pritzker. Yeah, that's yeah. right. But okay. he, he's, he's not from Illinois. He's never lived here. Oh, brother. This is reminiscent of when Alan Keyes came to town to run against Barack Obama. Uh, so, yeah. we have people with no roots, with no with no vision other than they want to be on TV and they want to have the right to spend the people's money. Maybe they could learn a lesson from getting back to the most basic of home rule, which would be the family. Yeah. If it works at home, you can export it. If it don't, maybe you shouldn't. There's a famous Confucianist statement, mm -hmm. you know, about that. You know, if you want to govern the country, you have to begin by governing the provinces, the states. You want to govern them, you have to govern the cities. Mm -hmm. To do that, you have to have good government in the household. But even before you could have good government at home, you have to begin by calling things by their right name. That is, you have to have your mind straight. Mm. And if we call an increase in the taxing power of local crooks, we call it home rule. We call it a dictatorship run by a handful, a couple of thousand people. Mm. We call it democracy. Yeah. We call a movement that has oppressed women, forced them into the workplace while they're still ma managing their families, made them sexually exploited, mm. and the, the rate of rape and sexual violence against women is like a hundred times what it was 50 years ago. Yeah. We call that the women's movement. We call that feminism. Yeah. So. 
we attach these dishonest names. The point of this podcast is to say we look at the thing itself and not at the rhetoric used to sell the thing. Agreed.